Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you notice the, uh, you should have one of these in the bulletin. You can fill it out as we go along, follow the message, or you can, uh, if you've got a good memory, fill it out later on. We're continuing on to finish today the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're going to read from verse 21 to the end of the chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Verse 21. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, he spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies, armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they may gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers 
and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. And they were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. So let's have a word of prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful again to be here. We thank you for those that are listening and watching, wherever you may be. We appreciate that. And we pray that God will speak to your heart, not just uh, as we gather together as a, a group, as a congregation, but to speak to us as individuals. Our ears would be open and our hearts open uh, to learn and to grow in our faith, to love you more and to serve you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, the title of this message today is The World Was Not Worthy of Them. The World Was Not Worthy of Them. Today we continue our study in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, remembering more of the Old Testament saints that had tremendous faith in God. This is carrying on from the message two weeks ago in the same chapter, the great hall of faith, the great hall of faith. The writer, who we don't know who wrote this book, this letter to the Christian Jews, um, he refers to many biblical characters, some that are familiar and some are not so familiar. One who was familiar was one of Joseph's sons, Jacob's sons, Joseph, who had tremendous faith himself. Uh, Joseph was one of uh, Jacob's sons, as you know. I mentioned he was a teenage boy. He was beaten up by his own brothers, which is not unusual because a lot of brothers fight and beat each other up, but they were trying to kill him and leave him for dead because they were jealous of him. And then they threw him into a pit to die. But then they decided to sell him into slavery instead and he ended up in Egypt. While living there, he was falsely accused falsely imprisoned, betrayed, and forgotten, but not by God, amen? And Joseph never forgot God, and God never forgot him. And Joseph, regardless of all the suffering that he received, he never lost his faith in God, despite all the difficult things he had gone through. He knew that God meant it for good. Amen? All things work together for good to those that love God. God rewarded Joseph and elevated him to the 
position of prime minister, the prime minister in Egypt, the most powerful country in the world at that time. Joseph trusted God, even during the harm times. Is that what we do? It's easy to trust God when things are going well, and everything is hunky-dory. He trusted God in the harm times, knowing that God loved him. Always remember that, no matter what. God always will love you. He always will love you, unconditionally, without exception. He knew that God had a good outcome for his life and his life of faith, because faith is always rewarded. Amen? Faith is always rewarded. It talks about, this writer talks about the parents of Moses. They're not mentioned by name in this particular chapter. But I can tell you, uh, the mother was named Jochebed, and the father was Amram. Their faith changed the world. And they had enough faith not to follow Pharaoh's orders to kill their newborn baby boy. And if they went along with that edict to murder innocent babies, like so many others did, then Moses would never have lived and grown up to be God's prophet. And anything that goes against God's moral law, like the taking of innocent lives of innocent babies, unborn babies, it's wrong. It's a sin. And whoever you are, if you've had the unfortunate experience going through an abortion, uh, we're not judging anybody, and God bless you. But those who may be listening are considering going through, going through an abortion. You need to remember that children are a gift from God. And only God has the right to give life, and only God has the right to take life. And there is no condemnation to those that have made that difficult decision and lost their children. We're not to go along with the spirit of this age if it contradicts what the word of God says, because it's a sin. And anything that contradicts what the word of God says is a sin. Amen? Yes. Moses himself before he grew up, and when he did grow up, he was living in the lap of luxury as the prince of Egypt, the prince of Egypt, yet he refused to side with the heathens, and he went with his own people, the Israelites. His faith changed the life of millions of people which would never have happened if he'd had given in to the love of pleasure. But his faith in God, in the true and living God, caused him to choose the narrow road that leads to eternal life, even though it was a hard road. The blessings that he received were all worth waiting for. Now we have... Rahab, in verse 31, by faith the prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, there was two of them, was it Joshua and Caleb? 
was not killed with those who were disobedient, disobedient to God. That leads to destruction. That's the broad road that leads to destruction. She got on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. She was not only a Gentile, but also a lady of ill repute. But we need to remember that God loves Gentiles. Thank God that he does, or we wouldn't be saved. Amen? And God loves sinners. God loves sinners. And uh, Rahab was a prostitute. And God saves prostitutes. God can save anybody who's willing to be saved. Otherwise, we'd all be lost and headed to hell. Amen? And Jesus said himself in Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. And I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came to save sinners, amen? And like the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian who ever left, he said, "In I am the chief of sinners. So where does that leave the rest of us? We could all say the same. There but for the grace of God, where would we be? And because of Rahab's obedience and faith in the true and living God, she became part of the family tree of Jesus Christ. Right? Because she believed the promises of God. She was saved. She was delivered from her sins. And all of her family were delivered from destruction. She lived in Jericho. Everyone else, all the men, all the women, all the children, all the animals were obliterated. Except Rahab and her family. So faith was rewarded. Her faith in God, the true and living God, was rewarded. She had faith in God knowing that those two Hebrew spies who came to her were sent from God. And she believed in their God. And even though it meant turning her back on her own people. You know, sometimes we make very difficult choices to follow Christ. And we're not to give in to peer pressure. You know, we need to put Jesus first. Do we? You know, even though it meant destruction of our own nation, the Canaanites in particular, the Jericho, she believed in the true and living God who responded to her faith by saving her, not only her soul, but her life and the life of her whole family. Faith has its rewards. Now, two illustrations of great faith are mentioned here by the writer of Hebrews. One was when the Israelites crossed over on the, the Red Sea. And number two, when God gave them the victory at Jericho. The Red Sea was a tremendous obstacle, understandably. And the only way the children of Israel could cross to be free from the bondage in Egypt, they had to go through it. But how would they do it? They did it by faith. They, all, they didn't always act like people of faith. If you read the history of the people of Israel, 
And they suffered the consequences of that. You know, they were taken into slavery later on. They didn't always act like people of faith. Neither do we. But this time, they obeyed God and passed through, by faith, through the Red Sea on dry land. It was completely dry land. Then when the Egyptians that followed them, the waters came in and it drowned a lot of them. And they were free. They got to the other side. There's number two, another example of great faith of the people of Israel. In verse 30, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. There's probably at least maybe two to 3,000 people that were living there at this time. Hold up in this tremendous fortress, impenetrable. Now following 40 years in the wilderness, wandering around, the, the, the people of Israel and the shoes never wore out. The Israelites finally arrived at the Jordan River. The ones that survived, that is. And by faith, they moved forward. And they came to this Jordan River, and it wasn't just like the, you know, this little green river over here. It was a rushing, raging river, torrential. And they had to prove their faith, and they moved forward, and then, only then, did the waters divide. So they crossed. It was a test of faith. God's going to be testing our faith as well to see if it's truly genuine, to see if we really do trust him. And that's another word for faith. It's trust. Remember that. And having crossed over on dry ground, the people were confronted with this great fortified city of Jericho, impenetrable, humanly speaking, where the people of Israel's faith would be tested again. And God told Joshua to tell the people to say nothing and to march around the city walls once a day. Just keep marching around once a day, once a day. And what God told them to do didn't seem to make any sense. But they demonstrated their tremendous faith in God and obeyed. And then nothing happened. And nothing happened. Then on the seventh day, the silence was broken. The sound of the ram's horns, some versions say trumpets, whatever, makes the same racket. And the order was given to the Israelites to shout. And when they all shouted, the walls came a-tumbling down, just like that. All this was accomplished by their faith in God and obedience in God, believing that God could do the impossible. And we need to remember, you know, you hear the song, Joshua won the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Jericho, Joshua won the battle of Jericho and the walls came a-tumbling down. All together. <laughs> You've heard that song. You have now. Great song. 
But you know, it wasn't Joshua who won the battle of Jericho. It was the Lord. Amen. What happened at the Red Sea and at Jericho was God working with the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. Their faith was not doing the work, but their faith in God's ability to do the work. They believed God, they obeyed God, and their faith was rewarded. Now up to this point, these verses prior to verse 31 they give a certain level of detail about these individuals that we've already studied. Pointed to various Old Testament examples to show how godly faith was put into actions. Now in the rest of the chapter, the writer mentions numerous heroes of Israel's history by name. And as it says in verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. Like I said, some are familiar, some are not familiar. Now, while these Old Testament saints have one thing in common, they had great faith in God. But have you noticed, they're also notable for their imperfections? Not that we have any. The Bible does not sugarcoat the facts of these individuals, even though they had great faith. They had imperfections. They had flaws. Like David, King David, who was a shepherd boy, ended up being the king of Israel. A great man of faith. The apple of God's eye. Yet he was an adulterer. He was a liar. And he was a murderer. But he was still a man after God's own heart. Amen? Scripture describes people as they truly are. And even though these heroes of faith, they had personal failures like we do, if you're human, the Bible does not sugarcoat what they were like in real life. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came not to save the righteous, but sinners, amen? And that only serves to further emphasize God's ability to use sinful people, error-prone people to do his will, like us. He said, well, God can't use me. Yes, he can, if you're willing to be used. Just ask him what he wants you to do with your life. It should encourage us, those that struggle with sin. And if you're a Christian, then you should be struggling with that thing called sin. And the temptations and the spiritual oppression. And in some cases, spiritual depression. Satan's out to get us, destroy us. He's the destroyer, but Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil should encourage us not to give up following Jesus Christ, like some of those Hebrew Christians were tempted to do. This is why the writer had to write this letter to them. Very long letter. Very long letter. So wrote long letters back in the day. 
He's encouraging them, hold fast. Hold fast to your faith. Don't give up. See what God has done for these people. He can do the same for you. Give you the victory. Those giants of faith, like Samson, who made so many wrong choices. The great judge of Israel. He wasted his life. He wasted his calling. And how many? And we're not judging anybody whatsoever because by the grace of God go we that have fallen from grace. He, but just before he died, he learned the error of his ways and he turned back to God. He repented, but he wasted his life his opportunities to fulfill his destiny. He wasted his life on wine, women, and song, unlike Moses that refused the pleasures of Egypt. And Samson got involved with things he should never have got involved with. And all that does is lead to the road to destruction. And Satan's just trying to kick us to the curb to have the same fate. And, but he repented. And when we offer our lives to God in repentance for the first time, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we start a new life of faith. It's by faith we are saved through grace. It's not a gift. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift from God. And then, having received Christ by faith, we are to live by faith, trusting God every day so that our faith in God can develop to mature, to grow stronger. Is your faith stronger now than it was a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Some people have been saved how many years Sarah, too many to count. Some of you watching, you don't know our beloved sister Sarah. It's 94 of it, five. Am I right? She'll be 95 this year. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's be, let her life be an example to ours. That our faith will continue. It'll grow and not diminish, to never turn back. Amen? You know, maybe you don't have the kind of faith of those listed in this chapter. Few people do. <laughs> but when we are faithless, God is always faithful. Remember that. God is always faithful. And through the power, I say the power, and there's no greater power in the universe, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, who lives in us. He, greater he that lives in you than he, than he that is in the world. He lives in us. Keep on trusting 
believing by faith that God has the ability to help our faith grow by his grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just as long as you remain faithful to him. Because he, he remains faithful to us, amen? So you might ask the question, how can I grow in my faith? How can I grow in my faith? And I'd like to read James chapter 1. Give us the answer, James chapter 1. You don't need to turn to it. I'll read it. Get the right chapter. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Now is the answer. How can I grow in my faith? Is the answer. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, looks away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So if you want your faith to grow, then be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and grateful for being here and those that are listening, wherever you may be. Help us, we pray. Give us more faith. Help our unbelief so we might have a strong faith and to put into practice what we know to be the truth, not just to be hearers of the word, even this morning. We've heard the word. Help us to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now those that are watching uh, through... YouTube or Facebook, if you like that message, give us a thumbs up, a like, and then subscribe to our channel at the First Baptist Church. Commercial over. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon.
God bless.